I'd invite you all to pray with me. Gracious and holy God, as we prepare uh, to turn to your word this day, first, Lord, we just thank you for it. Uh, we thank you for the gift um, of this word and for the gift of the presence of your spirit that moves through it to bring it to life for us uh, in the here and now. God, we ask that you'd also move in and through us um, so that as uh, we encounter you, we encounter your word um, that we might receive receive the message, receive the invitation uh, that you have for us this day. Um, Lord, we long uh, to follow after you. We long to live faithfully in these days. Um, guide us, O oh Lord. Open us uh, to your spirit's presence. It's in your name we ask these things. Amen. So as we continue uh, with our sermon series this week, uh, Eight Acres for the Eighth Day, we are spending time reflecting on how we cultivate our own hearts and the heart of our community in order to live into God's will for our lives. We believe God is calling us to cultivate an inclusive center of community life here on these eight acres of land. Eight acres that could be used to help us live towards the eighth day, Resurrection Day, that day when the realm of God will be fully realized. Each week in the series, we are considering what weeds we need to pull from our hearts, from our community's life, in order for that kind of community to further flourish here. Today, we turn to an image given to us by the prophet Hosea. Let's listen together to God's word for us this day. Ephraim was a trained heifer that loved to pull a plow. I spared her fair neck, but I will make Ephraim break through the ground. Judah will plow. Jacob will turn the soil for himself. Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap faithful love. Break up your unplanted ground. For it is time to seek the Lord, that he may come and rain righteousness upon you. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. So plenty of our natural instincts as human beings focus on self-preservation. We are a people who more often than not prefer to be comfortable, to feel secure as we live our days. Things not only feel safer that way, we also feel more in control. When we are living in our sweet spot, when things are as we expect them to be, when we feel protected from curveballs that might come our way, we can convince ourselves that we are self-sufficient, that we have this. While comfort and security are things we are likely to cling to, more often than not, God seems to have a different opinion about how we are meant to live this life. When we get comfortable, when we focus on our own security, we get stuck in patterns and routines that are simply meant to preserve what is, 
to ensure that the status quo remains just that, the status quo. Every time we get in that place, our God will find ways to remind us that our God is a God of growth and life, a God who is always beckoning us from what is to what could be. Our God will find ways to remind us that we are not in control and to call us back to our relationship with our creator. Our God will find ways to call us from what is comfortable, to call us from our self-made security so that something new might grow in us. God is using the prophet Hosea to try to do just that with the people of Israel uh, in our scripture today. The history of the people after God frees them from Egypt and brings them to the promised land is a history that is marked with the consequences that come to a people who begin to rest in their comfort and security. When they aren't in direct need, dependent upon God because they are trapped in slavery or wandering in the wilderness or heading into battles against great nations they should most definitely lose, the people of Israel get complacent. They start to worship other gods. They forget what their God has done for them. They begin to believe they can do it on their own, that they have it made, instead of faithfully seeking God's will for them in these moments. They lose their way. They wander from the God who has been so faithful to them as they store up human-made treasure instead. God is using the prophet Hosea to call them back, to help them see the error of their ways, and to invite them to change. In our scripture today, the image is that of unplowed ground, ground that we might imagine existing outside the bounds of the status quo, that zone where the people of Israel feel comfortable and secure. God is inviting Israel to plow up that ground that sits unplanted, to break through, till up, turn over that soil so that something new could flourish there, right living, faithful love. Let's be real for a minute here, though. Plowing up ground is not a peaceful process. If you've ever worked a garden tiller or watched a field get plowed up by a tractor, you know that to break through unplanted ground takes effort and power and is disruptive to what was. If we start to imagine that unplanted ground as our own hearts and souls and picture the plow's metal cutting through our hard surface, to turn up what is loamy and fertile underneath, it is clear that plowing, breaking through, tilling up, turning over, will be a disruptive process for us as well. Which is why we are prone to avoid it. Yet if we aren't willing to disrupt what is a bit, we will never be able to see what could be. Part of being people who are living towards the eighth day is being people who are living towards a day we cannot yet fully grasp. It is impossible for you and I to fully comprehend what life will look like in the realm of God. So we have to trust, not our own vision for what is possible, but instead God's vision. We have to have faith enough to trust that God longs for more for us than what is, and then be willing to risk be vulnerable enough to open ourselves up 
to what could be. When I think about what that eighth day is all about, when I listen to all of the teachings of Jesus that talk about the kingdom of God, it is clear that it is a realm where God's diverse creation, you and I and all the people of the world, are no longer striving in opposition to one another because of our difference, but instead have found the abundant life that is born when we learn to live together in harmony. Our scripture today names that if we are willing to plow up what is unplanted and to sow seeds of righteousness in the grounds of our hearts, right living, living as God calls us to live with one another, if we sow those seeds, we will reap a harvest of faithful love. Love of God, love of neighbor, love of self. It is that love and only that love that can move us towards that eighth day, towards that time when our difference does not divide us, but instead allows us to live in harmony with one another, a time when justice will be realized and life will flourish for us all. Yet our vision is so clouded by what is, by the status quo, that the vision of the eighth day, resurrection life for all creation, the realm of God realized in the here and now, y'all, it can feel like a pipe dream. What is also true is that our place in the status quo, that for most of us is characterized by more comfort and security compared to many of our brothers and sisters, both here at home and around the world can make our sense of urgency about that eighth day be lacking. When most of our needs are met, when we are comfortable, when we feel secure, it is easy to prefer to just keep on keeping on, rather than to disrupt what is in order to see what God could do. Plowing up that unplanted ground means risking our comfort, breaking up our security, in order to see what God could do with hearts that are broken open and fertile, instead of crusted over and impenetrable. This week, one of you said to me that in addition to having a COVID safety task force as we are living in these times, that we should also have a task force on race. This person named that if true healing, reconciliation, and justice was going to come in our world, that the church, people of faith, would need to lead the way. They spoke of the shift in their own awareness, the ways they have begun to see actions and thoughts they used to think were innocuous, but now recognized to be racist. They named how we all have so much unlearning and growth to do, because we've all lived in a world colored and shaped by a racial divide that is human-made. And it is impossible for us to exist in that reality and not be shaped by it as well. As they spoke of these personal shifts that have occurred in them and the desire for us to consider them directly as a community, I had the image of a plow cutting through unplanted ground, breaking through it, towing it up, turning it over, that all came up in my mind. 
I had an image of the ground of our community's life broken up, ready to be sown with seeds of right living so that a new harvest of faithful love could be born here as well. Talking about race is hard. I've attempted it many a time from this spot, and there have been times that at least some of you have thought that I was calling you out as racist from a place of righteous superiority. That was not my intent or desire, but looking back, I can see how that was what was heard in the moment. So to be really direct and clear, I'm just going to name it like it is. I am racist. It is really hard to say those words. It's ridiculously uncomfortable for me to say those words. But they are true. Which doesn't mean I'm a card-carrying member of a white supremacy group that is actively promoting evil in our world today. Like I know each and every one of you would do, I would say that black lives don't just matter, but that they are sacred. Yet at the same time, if I cross a black man in the street, I have a visceral reaction that I do not have when coming upon a white man, that I have to consciously and intentionally overcome in the moment. That's just one example of the kind of significant unlearning and growth that I have to do, that we all have to do. It would be impossible for us not to in the world we grew up in and live in today. That was the reality we were given. What matters is how we live in response to it. Do we preserve the status quo? Or are we willing to disrupt what is in order to see through the power of our God what could be? For lots of reasons. It is a world that feels less secure for you and I than it did 10 months ago. It is a world that feels less comfortable for us than it did 10 months ago. Which should tell us that it is a world where the Spirit of God is at work and has work for you and I to do. There is such need for healing, for reconciliation for justice in the world today. And I believe there is truth in our community members' conviction that people of faith will need to lead the way towards those ends. For I deeply believe that we are not capable of that on our own. It is my deep conviction that it is only through the grace of God, only by the power of Christ's love, that healing, reconciliation, and justice will come for us all. God is calling us to use our eight acres for the eighth day, to cultivate an inclusive center of community life here, where love flourishes and relationships are built without any of the constraints that are so often put on them in the world. To move towards that vision, we all have some plowing to do, personally and collectively. And y'all, plowing is hard. It is not comfortable. It leaves us vulnerable, laid bare. But y'all, hearts laid bare is such fertile ground for the Spirit of God to be at work. In our scripture today, 
The image was God's righteousness raining down on those seeds planted in freshly tilled soil to bear faithful love in the world. Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap faithful love. Break up your unplanted ground, for it is time to seek the Lord, that he may come and rain righteousness upon you. In scripture, it is rain. In the song we are about to sing, it's fire. The Holy Spirit's fire raining down to enliven a people. Whether it be rain, whether it be fire, it is time. It is time to seek the Lord so the Spirit may move in us, so the Spirit may mend what is broken, so the Spirit may bear new life, faithful love in us and in our world. Amen.